We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, September the 28th, 2021. Today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me. He does each and every single Tuesday to help break down South on a 16-10 loss to the Kentucky Wildcats over the weekend, as well as look ahead to this weekend's pivotal non-conference matchup in week five against the Troy Trojans. Guys, we got all that and more on a packed Tuesday show, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. He does each and every single Tuesday. Former Gamecock football player Alex McGrath. Alex is going to help us try to figure out just what the hell happened over the weekend as the Gamecocks fall to the Kentucky Wildcats, 16 to 10, now sitting at 2 and 2 overall and 0 and 2 in SEC play. We'll also look ahead to this weekend as South Carolina has 
what appears to be a little bit of a pivotal game against the Troy Trojans as South kind of just tries to figure out things, especially offensively. But first things first, Alex, how was your weekend? Let's start on the positive, of course. I know we started here last week as well, but uh, the USA dominating the Europeans. Again, starting on a positive note, we may not be able to beat Kentucky, but damn it, USA can certainly take care of business with Europe. How was your weekend first off? And also, of course, your thoughts on the Ryder Cup, man. It feels good today sitting here on a Tuesday with uh, the USA coming out victorious. It absolutely does. And what was the most dominant victory in the modern era? 19-9. That was just a throttling at Whistling Straits where most of our guys played out of our minds, unlike what we saw Saturday evening. Um, You know, we just kind of dominated that from start to finish to where, you know, halfway through Sunday, the match was essentially over and people were just playing for fun. And it's... It's awesome to get a, a Ryder Cup victory. We'll see what happens when we go to Italy in two years, but that's the largest margin of victory in the modern era. So that was awesome to watch. And so Kepka and DeChambeau, did they, did they play nice all weekend or was there a little bit of a – They hugged. They hugged. Wow. At the wow. end. Wow. You know what? It turns out Bryson's a lot less hateable when he's not wearing that awful hat <laughs> like in a normal hat he just looks like a normal guy and he wore he, and so he wore a normal hat i didn't even notice that yeah the whole weekend uh-huh. he didn't have that i don't even know what to describe that hat as it's like a 1920s era driving hat it's the Payne stewart hat right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's the Payne but stewart cap yeah yeah the Payne stewart but Payne stewart yeah, was which, actually like a likable human being he was he was <laughs> and so that you know it takes some of the shine off of it but you know what it was they didn't fight each other, thankfully. Nobody got stabbed in the back to the press. You know, we, it was just an all-around win for us. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Major League before, but uh, somebody oh, yeah. was saying, yeah, Bryson and, and uh, Bryson and Brooks after the after the USA beats Europe, and it's the scene where it's the end and, like, everybody's hugging, and then uh, Wild Thing and whatever the third baseman, I guess, names was, they go to hug, and he hugs, and he rears back and punches him in the face. It's like, that Roger was Brooks. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was uh, that was Brooks and and uh, Bryson probably after. It's like, hey, I love you, and then bam, just knock him out. So whatever. Hey, yeah. USA gets the dub though, but unfortunately, we're not here to talk golf the entire time. We're here to talk the Gamecocks, and the Gamecocks did not get the dub. Final score, sixteen to ten. Alex, I put you on the spot last week. I'm going to do it again because we have to start right there offensively. And Marcus Satterfield. Here's the thing with this loss in this game. I think you and I again. You and I are both very grounded, realistic. We set proper expectations. I picked Kentucky to beat South Carolina. And I picked Kentucky to beat South Carolina by a six-point margin, which is a little scary. I feel like I'm getting a little too good at this thing, and I know my team a little too well. (laughs) Either way, that's a totally different conversation. But I picked South Carolina to lose this football game, and I knew the challenge that Kentucky presented. But I think for many fans, the problem they're having, and and what's so tough to grasp, it's how you lost the football game. You know, we talked last year, Alex, if you're not going to be a great football team, and somebody like I used the example, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss really mastered this. If you're not going to be great, you've at least got to be entertaining, right? Because people are showing up. They're investing money in your program. You know, you're encouraging them to come out all week. You got to at least at minimum be entertaining. And it starts offensively with this football team. I asked you last week, thoughts on Satterfield, thoughts on play calling. And that's where fans to a fault, that's where they first go. What's your overall thoughts on Marcus Satterfield? Because I, I am not one – the people that are calling for his job after the fourth game, I think that's crazy. But this running game is night and day different from last year, and that's not in a good way. I mean, is, is it more scheme? Is it more personnel? 
Like when you evaluate Marcus Satterfield right now here on this Tuesday, September the 28th, how, what are your feelings on Satterfield overall as a play caller? I wish I had a spicy hot take to throw at you here, but like the thing that comes to mind is I don't think our offense knows what it wants to be. If that makes any sense whatsoever, it's the, you know, you, you look at what we did in the first half, which was tough to watch. And then that first drive of the second half, it seems as though you come out firing on all cylinders. And it's like, you have an incredibly mobile quarterback in Luke Doty that you seem hesitant to use in the run game, or at least give that option. You seem hesitant to roll him out to get him some more time, let him be dangerous with his legs, you know, give that run pass option on the outside. We don't do that. Um, you know, even, even like the third, uh, that first fourth down we went to, like you had a receiver who he threw it to who wasn't even past the first down line. It, it just, it seems very discombobulated and without an identity whatsoever. And, you know, we continue to run what I'm assuming are draw plays, you know, right into the heart of the defense that don't go anywhere. And I don't know why they, listen, I get it. I know you have to run the football to have success, but at the same time, if that's not working three games into the season, not three series into a game, you got to figure something else out. And I, I, it's like, they're struggling to figure out who and what they want to be on offense. And that's really the best way I can describe it. And the other, like on the flip side of that too, I, I heard from a buddy that, you know, a, a lot of the offensive line confusion is coming from the quarterbacks actually making the protection call at the line. And so to me, that's something like off the bat, I would just stop doing entirely because that's clearly causing some miscues in there. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have, you have to make an adjustment. I, I love the point you make, though, is that they don't even really know what they want to do and they don't know what they're good at. And I think one of the reasons for that, though, is I think they expected to be good in the run game. I would imagine, right? I mean, yeah, you'd probably. have to think so coming off of last year. And so now it's like, oh, we're not even good at that. So it's like, well, where do we go from here? And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I mean, it's this, it's the same group last year. And I, I had the, I don't know if you saw on Twitter and Gamecock Twitter reacted accordingly, but uh, you know, I had the take of man, maybe Mike Boba wasn't all that bad when it comes to scheming the run game, because was it that is this offensive line just not as good as we thought they were going to be? I mean, you like to think you have the backs. I don't, I don't see in any universe how the backs aren't as good as you thought. I mean, it just, but I do agree with you. There's got to be adjustments made. And I would definitely say the, the calling the protections and all, just stop, just stop, whatever. Yeah, stop. Because you, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not ready to you know, fire Marcus Satterfield, which again is nuts because I keep going back out to personnel. I, I just, do I think Marcus Satterfield is perfect? No, but like Gamecock fans, you knew what you were signing up for when you hired a head coach who'd never been a head coach, which again, this is not me in any way coming at Shane Beamer, but these guys are all learning on the job. Like Marcus Satterfield, had never called a play at the Power 5 level, nor had Clayton White. So, right. you know, I, I just – I think the whole fire, the, the OC is crazy. But I'm just so hesitant to even, like, come for Satterfield's throat because it's like – I think it's a mixture of things. I, I had to get – I think it's just a mixture of things. I, I don't think and – I, and I said it in the summer, and, you know, we talked about it. South Carolina can't run the football. And I know, you know, you said, you know, like, you just – 
you know you have to run the ball to win, and it's exhausting. It's annoying to say, but I just really look at this team as like, if they can't run the football, they won't win. That's it, bottom line. If you can't even play to your strength on a week-in, week-out basis, I don't think this team's built to go throw it 30, 40, 50 times and win a football game. I just don't see it. I don't think you have those dynamic playmakers on the outside to run that type of offense. Probably probably not, but at the end of the day, you got to put yourself in the best position to score points. And if you know if you're finding yourself in third and seven constantly because you're getting stuffed on a run play like that. Mm-hmm. That's not a recipe for success either. I would go back to your Mike Bobo point and ask you for the second week in a row, you did see the Auburn score right, right. this weekend, yeah. correct? Auburn, Auburn escaping a terrible loss to Georgia State and Sean Elliott's boys. So Yeah. So right. right. Before I, no, I, we go back on the Bobo. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not listen, I'm not saying I wish Mike Bobo was here. I, I won't be able to no, understand I'm not, but I'm like, my brain is just having a hard time computing. What is going on on the play calling note? Though, Alex, again, is it? And, am, and also, by the way, I am. I said it very clearly after the game. I said it on Sunday to people I was talking to. I said it on the show on Monday. I am not fire Marcus Satterfield. I'm not fire any coaches after the fourth game of year one. However, bro, be, be critical. Be, be, these guys are getting paid a lot of money to coach football. Be critical. I'm all for it. And am I saying that things are perfect in regards to play calling? No, I am not. On your side of things, how do you feel about the play? Like the example, the, you know, a lot of fans were upset about, oh, why are you going forward on that fourth down? Why don't you kick the field goal? And it sort of made me chuckle because I'm like, I'm like, we were just complaining last year about a guy that kicked too many field goals. So I have no problem like with that specific fourth down play. Ball hits a guy in a chest. You got to make a play. I mean, that's yeah. it. if he makes the catch, Shane Beamer's a genius, but he doesn't. And that's, that's something where, you know, I had a caller make a point. Maybe Landon Sampson, a guy you're recruiting, maybe he does make that play. Maybe somebody yeah. else you, you sign makes that play. And it's like, at some point, you got to just let ball players go make ball plays. And when they don't, see what happened on Saturday night. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked that call. I understand, you know, people griping about it because, you know, at that, at that point it was what? 13 uh, to 7. 13 7 yeah yeah so i i mean i understand the gripe about it but at the same time like do you you're getting i I like that play because i think you're going for the win and not to continue to push things further down the road so i like that call i understand why people don't but you know at the end of the day you're you're trying everything you can do to get a win against a you know a team to that point you know we're in the that's fourth quarter right yes i believe so yes okay yeah so i mean you know you're you're in a dog cat fight in the fourth quarter there and so you're trying to get that win so i don't hate that call at all i like i like seeing shane beamer air on the side of aggression versus being conservative I, I, that's that's kind of the way i view it because again it's you know hell we had people in the preseason saying oh we should never kick a field goal we should never punt and it's like you got what you asked for what do you want you know i mean i, well, I, mean, I yeah you know, play to win not you know not to lose play not not to lose you know what i mean so I, I like that. I like the call. I like it. I can live with that. I can live with that. I'll say that. I don't like the execution. I can live with the call. hundred percent. And you know, uh, the guy, the guy running the flag route behind him was wide open, which is a, another issue entirely, but right. that's neither here nor there. Play of Luke Doty. Did you have any concern with how he looked? I mean, again, it's, it's tough when you don't have a running game, but. I mean, I thought he threw the ball pretty well, to be totally frank with you, especially that like first drive of the second half. I mean, he was sharp. 
He was hitting second and third options in a lot of those routes. You know, I thought he looked really good. And like, and so when you're talking about, I don't think we have the horses to, you know, throw it 40, 50 times a game. Like, based on what I've seen the first four weeks of the season, I'd rather go that way with it than continue to do what we're doing. Yeah, I think gonna, you've got some potential there. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, Alex. In regards to play calling, like, what do you want to see more of? Do, do you want to see downfield passing? Do you want to see maybe something in the screen game or just different wrinkles in a run game? Like, what, what – again, we're not, we're not sitting here. We're not paid to be offensive coordinators, right? But is there anything that sticks out to you is like, I'd really like to see us do this more and just see if you can have some success? I think you got to get Luke Doty involved with his legs. Yes. And I don't know yes. why we're not doing I it, like it, it's curious to me and I don't there's got to be a reason for it. And maybe it's just a fear of we have absolutely no depth. And, and I'm him. thinking maybe his foot's not a hundred and ten percent. But I agree with you. That, that's that is what there were so many times I felt like said I'm like, oh, if he just keeps that. It's like he's got yeah. it. You've got it. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent, and and that and that may be the entire thing, and that's why they're not doing it. So yeah. I mean, if I if I was going to point one thing out, it would be that. Yeah, like if he is purportedly running four four forties, you got to keep some of those, and you got to get him on the edges with you know crossers where he can either keep it or throw it to somebody. Yeah, his athleticism has got to be utilized. You know, Alex, what's a shame really is moving to the defensive side. Unfortunately, what we're spending all week talking about is the offense, their ineptitude, their woes, and the fact that we're not talking about this Gamecocks defense and just the turnaround they've made. Because I've been very critical of the defense, even going into the game this past weekend. I I just still felt like, you know, you have holes here and here. And is this a perfect unit? No, it's not. But we got to put some respect on the freaking defense's name. I mean, they did everything possible to keep you in this game and give you an opportunity to win. I mean, you force three turnovers on your home field, you should win the football game. How, how, just how baffling is it, I guess, Alex, to you that this, I mean, this defense is night and day different than last year. And you would argue they have less talent and they maybe don't have a defensive guru head coach. But uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just baffling to me, too. And again, I, I give, a round of applause, a standing ovation to Clayton White and his crew. They've done an incredible job just completely flipping this defense. I mean, Jalen Foster looks like Co Simpson out there. I mean, yep. it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, overall thoughts and takeaways from the defense. And like I said, I, it's it's a damn shame we're not spending more time talking about them early here in this week. Like, don't don't we lead the nation in turnovers forced? I'm pretty sure we're up there. I, I mean, Jalen Foster is tied for the the lead in all of college football and picks. He's got four interceptions. So in four yeah, games. I mean, that's like, insane. You know, like one of our biggest question marks coming this season was the secondary. In addition to the wide receivers, well, this was of course before we played a football game and we saw what was actually happening. Um, but like the secondary has been really good, shockingly good, almost to a point. Like I mean, we've had two picks against Georgia. Like you know. Kentucky's, you know, quote unquote, all world quarterback had fewer passing yards than Luke Doty and a turnover. And, you know, defensive lines doing everything they can. I mean, we gave up a truckload of rushing yards, um, but we did force three turnovers and, you know, they kept us in the game. And that defense has kept us in almost every game we've played this year, except for with, you know, except for Georgia, which, you know, again, offensive miscues there kind of put us over a barrel. But, you know, I 
I don't know what to say. That's that's a ragtag group that's really like found its stride, and that's going to be big for us coming down the latter stretch of the season. Yeah, and like I said, you you force three turnovers at home, and you hand the ball to the offense where the defense did. It's just no excuse. I mean, there's just no excuse for not winning that football game. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that's kind of stating the obvious, but again, the offensive ineptitude is really what kills you. I'll I'll give you an opportunity though, Alex, because of course I've been putting out fires all week long and uh, you know, there, there are, there are folks out there, believe it or not, that are ready to jump ship, burn it down (laughs) fire. And I feel just insane saying that, but fire Marcus Satterfield, of course. And listen, I'm not saying be critical of Greg Atkins because if this continues, he might want to polish his resume up. I'm not going to lie to you because he's just a position coach. Like we'll go get another one, Um, but ready to burn it down. And I think people, again, am I saying you should be happy with a loss to Kentucky, especially in the fashion that it happened? No, I'm not. But if you had realistic expectations, and that's why I kept saying last week, like, this is a game you'd like to win. It's not a must win. It's a swing game like all the others. And there are things that Gamecock football fans can stomach. What they cannot stomach is a loss to Kentucky, Alex, like I told you, the honeymoon's over, right? The honeymoon's over. Yeah, not honeymoon's even over. not not even Shane Beamer is immune to when you lose football games, people just get upset. Bottom line. But what would your message be to Gamecock Nation? Again, I think we may have even touched on this exact topic last week when people were freaking out and overreacting. And I mean, it's year one, game four. And here's the thing, Alex, you're exactly where I predicted you to be in the preseason. Granted, is it happening exactly like I thought? Like, did I expect your run game to be awful? No, I didn't. But you're sitting exactly where I thought you would be. And I, I feel like a lot of these folks that are just truly hitting the panic button four weeks in, you have nobody to blame but yourself because these are the same people that were picking seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, like it was nothing, and really just not giving credit to the battle that Shane Beamer is fighting. And like you said, taking a ragtag group that the previous coaching staff left you just trying to clean up their mess in year one. I mean, am, am I off base here? I, I think that's a pretty fair analysis of where the program is right now. No, I mean, I mean, one, if we can take solace in anything, as bad as our offense has been, we are somehow, we have somehow been better than Clemson's offense, which that's, that's a whole other podcast that we could get into. But, you know, so take solace in that. You know, our defensive progression has been huge. Like Luke Doty has had a lot of bright spots in two games. And uh, for, you know, all intents and purposes, this was his, what, fourth start mm-hmm. ever? First start of this he, season. First start of this season. So Yeah, or yeah, yeah, fourth game he's really even ever played yeah. in because for some reason the previous administration <laughs> thought he'd be better served at wide receiver. Again, neither here nor there. But, you know, this is going to take time. You know, we've already matched last year's win total four games into the season. Like, you know, everybody just relax. They'll figure it out. And if they don't, they'll make moves. And nobody wants to be patient in today's day and age of college football. Coaches aren't getting seven, eight, nine, ten years anymore. But I guess maybe, Alex, I, I just made the decision, listen, you wanted Beamer. You understood the risk. You understood the pros of him being your head football coach. And you understood maybe some of the cons that he's not experienced. Hey, that, you know, when people ask in the preseason, hey, what's Shane Beamer going to do fourth and fourth and three down 13 to seven in the fourth quarter? I don't know. He's never been in that position before. Maybe he looks back today and says, 
well, maybe I shouldn't have done this or I should have done that, even though Sunday he said I would a 1,000% do it again. Good. He's starting to find himself as a head football coach. But they're all doing that. And I think it's just – I just think it's – I'm not saying don't hold people accountable. I'm certainly not saying that. But this is, this is not even their roster. These are not their players. You know what I mean? So I just think it's – for fans to exert that energy of the negative energy of we should fire this guy, fire that guy. I, I just think it's unproductive four games into what fans need to acknowledge is a rebuild. Bottom line, it's a rebuild. Well, I don't, I don't know how else you would. We won six games in the prior two years. I don't know what else you would call this. Like, so, I mean, yeah, you got to, we're under new leadership. We finally found a new voice. One that I think 99% of the fan base can agree they can get behind. It's just going to take time. I mean, we've played four games. Mm. Let's see how the rest of the string plays out. Yeah. If it and doesn't get better, maybe panic. And all of your goals are in front of you. I want to make that very clear. Again, I picked South Carolina to lose to Kentucky in the preseason and still make a bowl game. So, again, things have got to get better. There's got to be adjustments made, and that's what I want to move to next, Alex. Which again, of course, we're talking it is Troy week. And maybe in years past, that wouldn't have really mattered. But – I tell you what, I think this is a big week for kind of football. Like, you've got a very pivotal three-game stretch upcoming with Troy at Tennessee and Vanderbilt. And if you can you, if you if can get things straightened out on the offensive line, on the offensive side, you could very realistically be 5-2 and two after the next three games. And who in their right mind, even with a loss to Kentucky, would look back and say, oh, well, a 5-2 and two start wasn't that good. That's a dream start. For Shane yeah. Beamer and company. But <laughs> yeah. you look at this game against Troy. We talked about the spread a little bit off air. But you open up as a nine-point favorite. That line is dropped. The Gamecocks are a seven-point favorite against the Troy Trojans on their home field. Outside of a win, obviously, Alex, because I think we can all agree, and I would tell you this, no matter what happens, it is year one. You just got to lock in for this thing. Hey, if it's a complete failure in five years, so be it. But I'm locked in. I told people I didn't make merch with the coach's name on it to bail after four games. I can tell you that much. But outside of the obvious, which is getting a win, what do you need to see Saturday? It's a non-conference game. If you go out there and beat Troy 40 to nothing, like we talked about EIU, it doesn't matter. But there's got to be an adjustment made. And I want to see also how this football team, this program, this coaching staff – how do they respond to adversity, right? Losing in Georgia, yeah. it was expected, right? I don't know that there was a ton of adversity because you were a 32-point underdog. But you face real adversity now this week. Like we said, honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. How do you respond to it? Anything specifically you look at this game, again, outside of a win that you just feel like, I need to see this this weekend to you know, give me hope and feelings of momentum going into a pivotal game against Tennessee the following weekend. So it's it's got to be progression on the offensive line front. It has to be. If you can get better, if you can fix the issues, because like it almost seems like it's more schematic than it is like a talent level thing. So if we can see progression on the offensive line from a run blocking standpoint, from a pass blocking standpoint, let's get let's get Luke out of the pocket, let him use his legs. Like, if we can see those things start to take shape, that's what I'd be looking for this week more than anything else. And if you win 24 to 20 and you get that stuff, that's big going into Tennessee. Because now, like, you've kind of seen that offensive progression that we've been looking for, you know, for essentially, I don't know, 
two games now because, I mean, again, you had a GA start the first two. Luke hadn't been practicing for several weeks. So now that you've kind of gotten those two games under your belt, let's start to see some progression there. Because even, even like, you know, the question marks that we had at wide receiver, I mean, like, we've got some options there. We've got some athleticism and options there. I mean, like, Jalen Brooks had a drop. I know. You know, Josh Vance continued to look good. Jaheim Bell continues to look good. You know, let's get these guys more involved. Let's get Luke moving around with his legs. Let's get him keeping some of these zone read plays and start to develop that piece of the offense. And then that can carry you through the next couple of games here. Patience, perspective, and progression, I think, should be the three Ps of this season. Truly. If you can get better week to week, and if you're going to get better week to week, you're going to beat Troy. Bottom line, you know, put some respect on Kentucky football. I know fans don't like to do that. Beat Troy. Get better from Troy to Tennessee. I know it's in Knoxville, but they're not world beaters either, of course. They're not. Vandy the following. Like I said, this is a three-game stretch you can take advantage of. Even – even if you were four and three, I want to say, like, like you mentioned, you bring up the win total from last year, and it's just like you gotta you gotta count the minor victories, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, I think progression for sure. Getting those guys more involved, like you said, Alex. I mean, the J- Jaheim Bell, he was listed one of my key matchups. Didn't even catch a football. I, I just you gotta get the tight ends more involved in the game plan. I, I agree with you when it comes to the offensive scheme. I I just I want to see more creativity with Luke Doty. I mean, I, I, unless he's unless his foot's not 110%, which I don't think he'd be out there if he wasn't healthy. You know, guy runs a 4440. It, it just Will Levis ran the football for Kentucky. I mean, he was keeping it. So I, I don't know, maybe that's on Luke. Maybe that's on Luke being a young guy and he's not making the right decision, the right read, but yeah, there's got to be an adjustment. There has to be an adjustment. And I guess my big thing, Alex, I would say that concerns me is you've blocked no one thus far nope. nobody nobody no we really haven't so no you know and not to say it cannot be done because i do agree with you i think there's legitimate bodies up front that have played good football for you obviously look at last year but uh it's got to click and it's got to click now it's got to click now because again well, if you just, think, yeah it goes back to the other thing that we were talking about earlier it's just like find your identity yeah, yeah. figure out what that is mm-hmm. Because it's obvious, it's like, you know, starting from the beginning of the season, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So what are you good at? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is exactly what we did on that opening drive. I think it's getting Luke comfortable in the pocket and him using his legs. It can't be just pure guesswork week to week. I, I agree with you. you. You have to, even if you're going to be an offense that isn't very good, damn it, you need to know exactly what you do week to week to week. You need to know, have consistent goals of what, Here's what we want to accomplish. Because again, I, I agree with you right now. It just it feels too just we don't have a clue. <laughs> we, we truly yeah. we know what we should be good at, but outside of that, but again, I co- I go back to how much of that is schematics and how much of that is Marcus Satterfield's up there in the box saying, I don't know who's gonna go make a play for me. I, I don't know. I don't I know. I mean, it could it could be that. It, it, it very well could be that, and I may be oversimplifying it, but it's just like there just doesn't seem to be – plan isn't the right word. There just doesn't seem to – like the plays don't build off each other. Right. Right? And so, like, you've got to figure out how to make that work, whether that's coming out and throwing the ball to open up your running game. You know, that's got to be Luke keeping some of these balls so the defense isn't just keying on the running back on those zone reads. 
it's got to be something, a different wrinkle you've got to put in there to keep the defense off of their toes to give you that success. And so that, the like, number one thing I'm looking for is that this weekend. Like, can you shore up the schematic issues and can you keep the defense on their heels? Yeah. Progression, progression. Like I said, got to get better week to week. Got to make an adjustment. Bottom line, can't do it. Can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. Alex, I appreciate you taking the time. It's absolute pleasure. Um, thank you, honestly, because I'll tell you what, it's, it's felt like early this week, it's been like basically therapy for Gamecock Nation. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm able to come on here with you and, and vent a little bit. So hopefully this no, time next week, we're having a more fun conversation. If we're not, I really fear for what the uh, the the, sh- the show next week. But let's not talk like that. All right, either way, there's no, gonna, it's gonna be a lot more ledge talking. <laughs> no, we'll we'll have a good time next week. Alex, always a pleasure, my friend. Though appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll do it again same time next week. Sounds good, buddy. Absolutely. He's Alex McGrath. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time with an episode of the Spurs Up Show.